You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovery Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have uh, a very special guest here with us uh, by the name of Richard Friesen. And Rich uh, works with a lot of different professionals who want to increase their personal effectiveness uh, with, with joy and grace, uh, if, I, if you want to put it that way. Uh, he has a very interesting um, neuroscience model uh, you know, trademarked mind muscles that we're going to, you know, get into that a little bit. And he has a, a pretty experienced background as a future brokers at Merrill Lynch and um, working as a floor trader in Chicago and um, on the options floor of a few exchanges in this country um, and, you know, built a couple of software companies. So I want to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, he's also the author of Conversations with Money, um, and, which is more of a psycho- psychological book. And um, today's topic will be focused around that. And um, I'll, I'll let Rich kind of, you know, guide that discussion and, and introduce himself. And we want to talk about just in light of everything going on with the current events and COVID-19 and um, the current environment we're in, um, how to stay uh, confident and, and calm through the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the storms and, um, you know, to invest for, you know, your long-term wealth, which we, Rich and I were talking before, real estate is always a great way to do that. So um, thanks again for coming on, Rich. We really appreciate it. Well, this is my pleasure. It is all, it's always so wonderful to speak to uh, someone like yourself who really kind of digs at what is going on underneath all the news and the symptoms and the wonder to really get down to the so that people can make better financial decisions for their life. So I appreciate being here. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you. So let's talk a little bit about um, how people can create a little bit more of a relationship to money and, um, you know, what's been going on recently in in this country as, as does, has a relationship to money changed at all, you know, in the perception of what's going on in the current events and investing Mm -hmm. decisions. Can we kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. What prompted me to write the book Conversations with Money? And I, it's in its uh, final draft form and I'll, and if any of your audience is interested in participating in it, uh, we can talk about that later. But what I've noticed is I work with mostly professional money managers and active traders. And what has surprised me is that they have issues, they have repeated behaviors, they have emotional reactions, they have all the human issues that you and I both share, frankly. But one of them that I did not expect was being unprepared for success. You know, I would ask them, okay, so I get a new client and I say, okay, what are the issues you're having? And they'll say, make emotional decisions. I yell at my employees. I, uh, I really, uh, when a trade is going against me, I panic. Uh, I tend to withdraw when this happens. They tell me about all these issues. I say, great. Those are wonderful awarenesses to have. Okay. Now, what would you like instead? Well, I do, when this happens, I do this. When I, okay. 
great. Okay, so what would you like? What would you prefer? Well, when I do this, and okay. So it turns out about, I'd say 60% of my clients are unable to clear articulate what they want. Now, the reason for this is that if we look at our more primitive brains and our survival mechanisms, they will not want to move to a place that they are assured that they can survive. In other words, survival mechanisms say, it's new, ah. survival mechanisms are black and white. Now, what's really interesting, if I look at my own life, I could give you examples of it. The survival mechanisms that I developed when I was very young, they said to me, we want to repeat that environment that you survived in because we know we can survive it. So our brains actually want to keep us in a struggle that they know they can survive rather than stepping into a place that is more joyous and happy and wonderful because we don't know the survival says, I don't know if I can survive that. Interesting. So have you, does that vary across different age groups? Oh, I, I find uh, that's a good question. Different age groups. You know, it seems to me that these processes that are keeping us from the life we want, from the financial freedom that, that we want, that often they started very early. Inevitably, I'll get to the point where we have a voice that comes up. And I ask, talk to the voice, and I say, when did you come to say to Peter, how old was he? And I'd say 80% of it is between five and seven, eight years old. When we started to form some basic core uh, contexts of how we view the world and how we survive it. And that seems to be a very formative age to start creating processes to help us either just survive or to thrive in the world and how we interpret it and how we apply meaning to it. Got it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've had, I've got a 95 year old client. He's just the most wonderful guy. And we still go back to the processes he created when he was much younger. Very interesting. Oh. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you manage these extreme events? Like, you know, we just talked about, you know, changing the way you view things and the way the human brain works as it kind of, you know, fears, okay, I, I know what success <laughs> looks like, but I'm, I'm afraid to reach it. You know, how do you, what's that next step? Is I, I know you, you know, in your book, I think you talk about like golden keys. What, you know, is there anything you could do to, to help? Please sure. Uh, when I work with my clients, we have the golden keys model and that is first awareness and self-awareness. I mean, if everybody's listened to this could right now do a small exercise and just take a breath and close your eyes and just notice your physiology and take a trip from your nose all the way down to your toes and just what you notice. And for many of us, there is a whole bunch of sensations that we were ignoring. And I'm finding that the more experience I get as a coach and therapist, 
the more I'm looking at these physiological signals to really know what's going on. So the first step in the golden keys is awareness. And the awareness is physiological. And then it's emotional. Are we afraid? Are we anxious? Are we happy? Are we sad? What's going on right now? And then the most challenging one is what is the quality of our thoughts? So, for example, I will give my clients an exercise to set an alarm on their smartphone for every 15 minutes or a half hour or whatever, and just to do what we call the set, sensations, emotions, and thoughts. And they score, and I won't go into details, but on a minus five to plus five. So after a while, they really get good. It just takes uh, three or four seconds to go through and do an internal awareness. And then this becomes the foundations for the next steps. Perfect. Okay. So those would be three methods to move on to the next steps. Okay. And then what is it, what, what does it look like from there? Like, like, how do you, is it more of you're trying to shift their mindset? Is that the next, is that what you're trying to obviously intentionally achieve at, with their relationship to money? Whereas, you know, they may have been maybe living paycheck to paycheck and trying to change that mentality around where, you know, keeping, you know, whatever it is, 10% of your, what you make, just stop it away or put it in an investment account, whatever it is. Like, I guess that's the step before those are the three steps before they can actually take action. Right. Yes. What we do is first we have awareness and then we say, okay, now what would you like? And again, creating that visual. So I have exercises like, for example, uh, putting a brokerage account or bank account in some time in the future and then working back with for that for all the things you did. So, of course, taking action is a big part of that. And uh, that is first we have the awareness. Then the next step is acceptance. So in other words, if I uh, look at myself and I'm aware, I say, oh, my stomach's tight. Damn, why do I always keep a tight stomach? Loosen it up, Rich. Try be more motivated. <laughs> so if I start with awareness and then I'm self-critical of what I discover, not as helpful as to say, wow, that's fascinating. And then once I have the acceptance, and then I can step on to, okay, now what would I like? Now, that again creates, for a lot of people, a very vague notion of what they would like. And I think you probably have talked to many people, and I'm sure in your advice, is to get clarity of what your future looks like. Um, and I think that that is a really important part. But most of my clients, or at least I'd say over half of them, are unable to clearly articulate a future because they're afraid it won't work, they'll be disappointed, that they'll have to give up things. And that's, <laughs> believe it or not, there's something going on here that when I say, okay, so if you're successful, what do you lose? What do you mean, what do I lose? I wouldn't lose anything, it would be great. Okay, let's take a look at it. What would you give up? How would your life change? What would you lose? Now, this is really hard to work down, but eventually they would come up with, uh, well, 
I would then have to be responsible for more people. Or uh, for example, I had, when I was building a trading firm, I had about a half a dozen traders working for me on different floors of exchanges. We had very low risk, just hitting singles day after day, uh, hardly a, a drop in equity. But we had like, like, for example, three traders, they would make a little money and then flatten out and drop, make a little money, flatten out and drop. So I had a, brought in a hypnotherapist and it turned out, you know, what we would lose was really important. Uh, one of them was from West Virginia poverty. I mean, dirt or poverty. And it turned out once he got started getting some big zeros in his bank account, subconsciously, I mean, you're not going to believe it, but he felt the alienation from family and stepping into a different world would be, would lose him those family connections. Another one, he got up to like 150,000 uh, in the first couple of months of trading and then just, just flattened out. And under hypnosis, he discovered that out of love and respect for his dad, he couldn't make more than his father, who was an architect who worked two or three jobs and worked so hard to make more money easily than his dad would be a message that says, dad, you work too hard for nothing and you've wasted your life and all the effort and work. So there was that internal message. Um, another one had a handicapped brother. And if you started making money, his mother would demand that he take care of his, his brother. So to avoid that conflict, he just didn't. So one of the questions that nobody asks that I think, and I've discovered with my clients really important is, okay, what would you lose? And once you recognize that, then you can start to deal with it. Very, it's a very, okay, very unique approach um, to think about that. Um, I, haven't, I haven't really thought about it that way. You know, what would you lose? Um, okay, so I guess when, I guess from here, how do you, okay, so I'm trying to think too myself right now. <laughs> um, okay. Well, if you would like, we could do a little an exercise. Sure, let's do it. Okay. So I won't ask you for what your dreams are, but I just want you to take a moment and think of your success that is far greater than you have now and something that you've dreamed about. And get that in mind and then step into that area, there is a voice inside you that has some concerns about that. And I don't know if you can hear it right now, but if that voice were to be allowed to speak, what concerns would that voice come up with? So as you think about that voice, I don't know if you want to just keep it or express it out loud, but either way, that voice that has the concerns also has the power to take away our motivation. I notice that when I'm running in the morning or exercising, if I get a negative voice, I stop running or 
or I'm of breath. You know, they have, there's this um, muscle experience to do what d- different thoughts and, and, you know, by pressing down and, and differentials and your thinking process and those voices inside of you that have that doubts about your success or what you would lose when they come up, they can just bring down your level of energy. No, that's, that's very true. Um, so are, would you say that these exercises really are just like, you know, almost like the starting point? They're not the tip of the iceberg, but they're the starting point um, in order to facilitate any, manip- I don't want to say manipulation, but any cognitive, <laughs> cognitive readjustments, um, you know, almost rewiring the brain to some extent? Yes, indeed. Uh, you know that the neuroscientists say neurons that wire to, or, I'm sorry, neurons that fire together, wire together. What this means is like when learning to, I first learned to drive, you know, they would start the engine, put on the brake, put in the clutch. I'm going to date myself here. You know, <laughs> the columns that bring it down into first gear, let out the clutch, put on the accelerator. Okay, brake, steer, where am I going? Well, I can now have a conversation with somebody about uh, philosophy while driving on the freeway. Well, the neurons that have fired together over so many times wire together. And so they create very comfortable patterns in our brain. So what we're going to do is we're going to step into a new world of new neural connections. So what that means is there's neurons out here that are not connected. What is it like to go from this where we are, our survival mode says we're safe, we can survive this. I've had clients, for example, one who had a very depressed mother and who was very unhappy in the relationships, especially around sexuality. And so in college, he had two choices. He had a girlfriend that was lovey and kissy and huggy and just very emotionally expressive. And he had one that was smart and was uh, competent and uh, decisive and just incredibly competent, right? So what he longed for was the warmth and hugginess. But who did he choose? He said his survival mechanism said, I don't know how to survive this, but I do know how to survive this. (laughs) So work through those repeated patterns in that relationship in order to step into a very different one. So if in terms of our neural connections, what we're asking is to step out of our comfort survival zone, even if it doesn't serve us. We know we can survive it. So now we have to make new neural connections. So that requires intention. And that requires confidence in who we are and confidence that we can do it. So if we start with small steps and creating new neural connections, in fact, we have exercises that that do this. Okay, we're going to make a new neural connection today. Look what you did. 
you made some new neural connections. So let's repeat it. Then we say, oh, I can make neural, new neural connections because this process at the start is extremely uncomfortable. So once we can reinterpret it into, well, it's like going to the gym. If nobody told you that working out was your muscles were going to be sore in order to get stronger, and you went to the gym and you worked out, and the next day you said, oh, this is no fun. <laughs> but if you know that, that you can go, yes, my muscles are sore, that means they're getting stronger. All of a sudden, that reinterpretation of the muscle development can be the same as the reinterpretation of the neural connections. So once you get to that place and get to that level, then having the next and the next and the next creation of new habits and new beliefs and behaviors becomes easier and easier from that level of confidence. Got it. And that applies in what area of people's lives? Every area? Every area. Now, I deal with money managers, hedge fund managers, and traders and entrepreneurs who are very focused around money. But uh, sometimes I'll say to them, hey, I'm going to tell you a secret. I go, what's that? I say, this really isn't about money or investing. This is about, and once you have confidence in one area, then you can expand it. You have a problem relationship with your kids or your spouse. You can then say, ooh, what patterns of behavior am I doing? The awareness the acceptance. Now, what do I want? What action do I want to take? Okay, I need to make new neural connections that are a little uncomfortable, but by God, I know that I can do that. I know that I can step into a higher place. And this is what's exciting. When you get, when the process gets successful, it can keep rolling and keep rolling. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how can people find you, Rich, as we kind of wind down our program here? How can they look, read your book? Where do they, yeah. is it on Amazon? Where do they find it? Yeah, well, it's not published yet. So my oh. invitation is, is to people to participate. I'm doing group crowd, uh, crowdsourcing editing. So I'm looking for people who want, who have a struggle with money, who are not, who are out of rapport with money, who are having ethical conflicts around money, or habits in life have produced uh, financial uh, disasters, uh, or who are repeating behaviors or lack of discipline who don't get going, I'm looking for those people to read the book and then say, hey, this doesn't work for me, or wow, I get this. And they can actually highlight something, comment on it, and then we can address it. So I'm getting a number of people together uh, who actually helped me create a book that communicates to the people that need it and not to the people, you know, who are, uh, who don't need it. So I'm looking forward to that. And they can do that rich at mindmuscles.com, rich at mindmuscles.com. Send to me an email. I'd love to connect and uh, integrate you into uh, with a great group of people who are working together on creating and expanding our mindset around money. Awesome, Rich. So it's rich at mindmuscles.com? Mind, M-I-N-D-M-U-S-C-L-E-S.com, right. Perfect. And we'll have Rich's email in the comments section on iTunes and in the description as well. So uh, definitely reach out to Rich if you're interested in that. And uh, 
I want to thank Rich again for his time today on the show and for the, the insight and hopefully, hopefully it'll start to uh, lighten some people up and, and hopefully he's, he's changed some people's minds in order to, um, you know, really pursue their endeavors. And, you know, that, you know, any endeavors that I wanted to pursue outside of, you know, real estate, you know, real estate definitely led me down the path to get there because we were talking a little bit about this before, Rich. It's real estate, especially the apartments, it's more of a form of passive income. So if you, you know, you're generating enough passive income, it's more of a lifestyle change um, that will eventually end up, you'll eventually end up developing. And just like the trader example um, you, that you had, once you kind of had that momentum, you know, moving, you continue to have that type of momentum, um, you're not going to want that to ever go down. So um, <laughs> these these types of techniques uh, that Rich talks about, yours is a little bit more unique, um, but at least for me, have, have helped me. So hopefully it helps our listeners as well. Right. And also go to conversations.money, conversations.money. And uh, there's a form there, I believe, or you can sign up to uh, participate in the book and further things. I just love my, uh, the people who I work with. I love my clients. And I like the groups that we run. It is just inspiring. And to bring joy and to see people bring joy to the process, that just thrills my heart. Awesome, Rich. Well, we appreciate you. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Okay. A lot more to talk about, Anthony. That's why we need you back. Okay. Take care. Thank you.